Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. Point Spread Saturday rolling along. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. Big Saturday in sports. All four, th- three game sevens in the NHL. Tomorrow, four game sevens, two in the NBA, two in the NHL. What a. How lucky are we? And plenty to get through with that. Also, coming this hour, really excited to talk to Eric Reed, who has been on the mic for the Miami Heat for their entire existence, actually. Eric Reed, uh, of course, of uh, Valley Sports now uh, down in Miami. Uh, one, of, one of the best play-by-play guys in the biz will be with us in a half hour. Very excited to talk to Eric Reed uh, again for uh, – Miami Heat talk as the Heat are one of the two teams that have already advanced to the conference finals in the NBA. The Warriors joined them last night with a win over the Memphis Grizzlies. The Heat, of course, awaiting the winner of Milwaukee and Boston, which will go the distance after the Celtics win last night in Milwaukee. An epic performance by Jason Tatum. Pretty good. 46 points for Tatum to help the Celtics advance to a game seven. And stave off elimination against the defending champions. Golden State, of course, last night winning and covering against the Memphis Grizzlies 110-96 to to advance to their first conference finals since 2019. They'll await the winner, of course, of the Suns and the Mavs. Series tied at three there. Game seven tomorrow in the Valley of the Suns. Suns favored by six. In that one, Celtics favored by five, by the way, over the Milwaukee Bucks. But also this week, and I want to bring this up because we talked about this a little bit on a numbers game yesterday. The NFL schedule release 
on Thursday, which very overhyped event, <laughs> in all honesty, but you can glean some betting stuff from the schedule release, even though you know, oh, okay, we know the day after the season who plays who next year, but we don't know the order. And the sequencing of events can be important. And the team that has stood out the most, and, and we've talked about it, we talked about it in a numbers game, but I need to, I want to bring it up again. And that's the Kansas City Chiefs. With, of course, Tyreek Hill now in South Beach. Patrick Mahomes, probably the weakest roster that Kansas City has had, especially offensively since Mahomes has taken the reins there in the city of Fountains. The Kansas City Chiefs are the first team in league history to play their first eight games against teams that finished over 500 the year before. Now, as you look at their schedule, you see they open with the Cardinals. No DeAndre Hopkins, good break there on the road, though. Chargers are short week. That's an Amazon game. That's a Thursday night. But that's scheduled through really till the bye week. And in all honesty, after the bye week, they'll be fair. They'll be relatively. I don't think the Titans are going to be particularly good. So the Titans, Jaguars are two games they can get themselves right. But then right after that, they flip around and play four teams that I expect to be in the playoff chase and three of them are on the road. The, the Chiefs win total is 10 and a half at DK. And we talked about this the other day, but it's so important to bring up now with this new age of sports betting where you can bet this as the season goes. There are going to be a lot of opportunities in the NFL, and I think the Chiefs are the best opportunity there is to look at in-season win totals. And again, you're hoping for a, a cold start potentially for Kansas City. Let's say the Chiefs start their first five, their first six games, four even the game against San Francisco, where we don't know what Trey Lance is going to be. The Niners could underachieve if Lance isn't any good if he ends up being the starter. Let's say the, the Chiefs start two and four. Okay. They lose to the Chargers, they lose to Tampa, they lose to the Bills, and then they lose one other of those three games. The Raiders on a Monday night at home, at the Colts and at the Cardinals. You're going to get an opportunity to get the Chiefs, now maybe not to finish over 500, but at least to have the Chiefs finish over nine, maybe nine and a half, at a nice juicy plus number. Now, maybe hard for Kansas City to get to 10 wins this year, but you're going to get a better number than the 10 and a half with a bad start. And I think they are a team to really monitor. Last year, we took advantage of the Broncos season win total being elevated two whole wins. After a week one, or excuse me, three whole wins after a week one win because they beat the Giants on the road with the Jaguars and the Jets looming. Didn't even come close to winning double digit games. So they are one, the, the Chiefs are the one I think you can look to attack potentially in season. They're scheduled, though. Wow. And it's not even like we said, like the first seven games are brutal. Two games possibly of relief, and then you play three straight games against the Chargers, the Rams, and the Bengals. <laughs> and then the Broncos on the flip side. I don't think the Broncos are going to be quite as good as everyone else or a lot of people seem to think. Denver, to me, screams disappointment last place in the West. I, I, again, I'm higher on the Raiders than I think a lot of people are. I think that team's really good. And the Chargers, 
you're not, he can't miss the playoffs two straight years with a high level Justin Herbert. It's one thing to miss it as, as a rookie, but can't miss it in year three. Just can't miss the playoffs due to Chargers. Kansas City's one to look at. The other, the other team to potentially look at from the flip side, how about the team that beat Kansas City in the playoffs last year? Let's look at the Bengals, who may be the flip side of this. Because the Bengals, you look at their schedule, the Bengals' early season slate is conducive to a good start. By week in a nice spot, right smack dab in the middle of the year at week 10. Really, of those first nine games, they owned Pittsburgh last year. I know Pittsburgh won on the road week one at Buffalo as a six-and-a-half-point underdog, which is exactly what they are right now in most of the market. But other than the road game at Baltimore and the road game at Dallas, we don't you, – you can't make any real predictions on Cleveland until you know what's happening with Deshaun Watson. Like, if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for eight games, the Browns are a totally different team the first eight weeks. Still think he should be suspended for more, but that's a different argument for a different time. That schedule – the Falcons with games against Carolina and Atlanta at home. Miami on a short week where the Dolphins are traveling. That's a Thursday night game in Cincy. The Jets, who I don't know if Lightning's going to be able to strike twice at East Rutherford. Of course, last year, Mike White threw for over 400 yards in the Bengals, losing it to the Jets last year, which, by the way, that was the game that started the survivor chaos last year. The Bengals get out to, let's say, 7-2, and two, okay? They're a win total of 10 with the juice on the under, actually. Let's say the Bengals get out 7-2, and two, which I think with that schedule is quite possible. Lose to Dallas, lose to Baltimore, New Orleans on the road, win everything else. The last part of that schedule, every game post-bye week, and I know people are way down on Pittsburgh and people are down on New England, and I think properly so, down on New England. I just don't like that roster. Belichick is really going to have to work some wonders with that roster. But that schedule, week 11 through 18, at the Steelers, at the Titans, home against the Chiefs, Browns, Bucks, at the Patriots, Buffalo, and, and Baltimore the final two weeks. Now, they are, they are fortunate. Five of their last six are at home. That's a great break. But those teams are all really good mixed in there. Cleveland may end up being the worst of the bunch. That is one on a team that you could look to come again. They start seven and two, 12 and a half, 12, probably 11 and a half at least. Eight games left, probably be four and a half, maybe five wins expected on the back end. So you're looking at 11, 11 and a half, 12. Probably look to go under on that with Cincinnati. Again, the dynamic in season. Season win total plays just gives us such an extra thing to look at this year, betting-wise. And, and moving forward, again, credit to all the books that put up the continuous season win totals in the NFL. Uh, we shout out to William Hill and DK right now doing this on Major League Baseball every single day. Uh, one, one just, again, I haven't, I, I haven't bet in these season win totals, but I do want to look at the Colts real quick. And I will say this. The AFC South is going to be bad again. The Texans roster is horrible still. The Jaguars may actually start hot because they have a few easy games early, but I don't think they're any good. 
which kind of leaves you by process of elimination with just Tennessee and Indianapolis. And I know the Colts are a little bit better than they than than they were last year, but are we certain Matt Ryan is going to be good? Like, like I think that's a heck of an assumption. Now, the one thing I will say with Indy is we will know early because the Colts play back-to-back road games against Houston and Jacksonville. We know Jacksonville. Well-documented now how Jacksonville has been a house of horrors for Indianapolis. But if they if they somehow, like, they're seven-and-a-half-point favorite at Houston, they somehow split or lose those two games, may, it may, may be a bad omen. Very late bye week as well, week 14 for Indianapolis. That, that I, I, the AFC South screams winner of that division is nine and eight or eight and nine this year. And Indy could go under that win total of nine and a half and still win a division. I actually, as weird as that is, I like the division odds at even money more so than I do betting the win total over. Nine and eight, eight and nine AFC South champion, absolutely in play this week, this year. The one benefit for Indy, I really don't like the what the Titans did at all this offseason. They're going to need a lot of Derrick Henry, which, you know, last time I checked, the Derrick Henry guy's pretty good. They may be able to get away with it. May be able to get away with it with having, again, a lot of pressure potentially on a rookie wide receiver, Traylon Burks and Robert Woods. We don't know what Woods is going to be off the ACL there. Burks may end up being their number one wide receiver right away. A lot of pressure for the first-round rookie out of Arkansas. We're going back to the NBA. That's next. Point Spread Saturday on VSIN. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. -O. 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Point Spread Saturday rolling along here on VSIN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. Shout out to the crew. Getting up early, making sure we're all in line. Kevin, Dan, Liz, Wyatt doing a great job as always. Happy to be with you. Of course, the Lombardi line follows us. As always, good to see Michael Lombardi feeling better and back in action at the end of this week. Good to see that. Uh, Michael and Patrick Maher, of course, coming your way. At the top of the hour, I, I do have to mention this because we're almost exactly right on the time of the anniversary here. Of course, May uh, May fourteenth, twenty eighteen, the Supreme Court of the United States nullified the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act of nineteen ninety two, better known as PASPA, and that allowed the legalization allowed other states to legalize sports betting, I should say. Of course, Nevada was the only state legal for a 26-year period allowed to have sports betting. And Kansas, of course, uh, beating its neighbor Missouri down the aisle became a state 31. Pretty incredible how quickly and how far this has come in just a very short period of time. Again, it was only 2018 Feels a lot longer ago than that, uh, that uh, the Supreme Court struck down PASPA and now uh, more than half the union with at least bills that have been passed have legalized sports betting. Kansas is probably going to be coming online next year uh, based off the early reports of Laura Kelly, the governor of Kansas, signing that bill yesterday. But again, it's it's very, it's it's come a long way. Again, still a long way to go. Still a lot of things that need to be worked out, but Again, going from one state to over half the union is pretty quick. Pretty quick, all things considered. Again, uh, Passable, of course, uh, it was about 10 o'clock Eastern time on uh, May 14th of 2018 when it was uh, thrown out. There you go. NBA we go now. Let's, uh, l- l- let's just quickly here. I, I want to go back real quick uh, to uh, Thursday. Because Miami, we, we haven't mentioned the Heat much at all. Because we'll mention it with Eric Reed next. But the Miami Heat are seemingly getting forgotten in this whole mix here, even though they're going to be one of the last four standing, where 
The winner on Sunday between Milwaukee and Boston, the winner of that game, Boston would definitely be favored in the Eastern Conference Final without home court. Milwaukee without Middleton probably is favored. Minus 120, minus 125, I would say. Maybe a little shorter than that, maybe minus 115. Are we not certain that Miami can't beat either of these teams? Their, their defense is awesome. And as we know, they're great once you get down short of the shot clock. By the way, the Heat, of course, favored right now to win the Eastern Conference. No, no kidding. They're the only one that's currently in the conference finals. So they should be favored to win the Eastern Conference, which they are right now at DK plus 120, the current number. Celtics plus 140 bucks all the way back to four to one. So that actually makes me indicate that my pricing's way off on the Milwaukee-Miami series. Even though, again, of course, the uh, the Bucks are almost a $2 dog on the money line against Boston. Boston definitely be favored against Miami if that's the series. Warriors right now minus 135 to win the West. Phoenix plus 140. Dallas plus 850. Not, uh, <laughs> again, kind of just shows. Again, Dallas a big uh, plus 220 underdog in uh, game number seven. Dallas 25 to 1 to win it all right now. There's your bracket as we speak. We had no, I, I, it's still pretty amazing to me that we didn't have a game seven in round one. It was a very competitive round one, but none of them went the distance. The uh, make up for that with two in this series, in this round, I should say. Again, Dallas and Phoenix tomorrow's 10 o'clock Eastern for that one. And then Boston and Milwaukee's early tomorrow, 3 30 Eastern for the Celtics and the Bucks Again, no games today. Excuse me, 8 o'clock Eastern, I should say, for Phoenix and Dallas tomorrow, not 10 o'clock Eastern. But looking at those games tomorrow real quick, the Bucks again, and we kind, of, we kind of talked about this earlier. We talked about it with John Jansen. Milwaukee being a five or a five-and-a-half-point underdog in a series that just has been so tight the whole way through feels like there's just one of those where you just take the five and if Boston beats you, they beat you. Almost worked out that way in game five where we took the five, five and a half with Milwaukee. Looked very bleak with two and a half minutes to go. Of course, Milwaukee somehow salvaged and won that game. That's that's the only way I would play this. Again, totals low, 208 and a half. Celtics and Bucks in this series have played to four overs, or excuse me, two overs and four unders so far. And I have a hard time envisioning this game having both teams in the hundreds. We've only seen that three out of the six games where both teams scored in the hundreds. It is just, regardless of how this all plays out, the biggest takeaway in this series for me is that Jason Tatum, we can't, we can't have the argument in, anymore on Tatum where I said before the Brooklyn series that this is, we're going to learn a lot about Jason Tatum in this series, how good he truly is going up against two of the elites in the game. Boston, it didn't matter that didn't matter what version of Tatum they got in that series. Boston was just significantly better as a team than Brooklyn, as we learned in that four-game sweep. 
But that performance last night was legendary from Tatum. A legendary performance. If Boston goes on to win the NBA title, that is the... And we have said this three times now in this series. Where exact pivot points where we can say, going into the next game, and we thought this, and it all lasted less than 48 hours. That's the moment that we're going to be talking about at the end of this postseason. Boston's big comeback in game four. Then Milwaukee's late comeback in game five. And then Jason Tatum deciding to never miss another shot again in the fourth quarter last night. I, I, I Again, I'm, I'm running with all sorts of Milwaukee Eastern Conference futures. I'm just going to let those ride here, see what happens. Uh, I do, I do I, again, if I'm betting this, I would take the five. I would not money line either side. I just take the five with Milwaukee and expect a close game. Yet again, as I've said earlier with the Phoenix and Dallas series, this is a series where it has been competitive, but at the same time, it's been completely non-competitive. The home team has been dominant, six wins, six covers for the home teams in this series. Total is low, 207. There is 206 and a half out there right now. I have a very hard time envisioning, even with the best player in this game, I have a hard time seeing Dallas winning this game on the road. And we talked about this in the Miami series before the Heat were great in game, before the Heat role players were great in game six, after they were great in game five. The role players in this series for Dallas have been amazing at home and have been brutal in Phoenix. And it's been the same thing for Phoenix, where they have been brutal, the role players have been brutal in Dallas. And great at home. And there is absolutely no reason to think that that won't continue in Game 7. And for Phoenix, again, Phoenix clearly the best team in the NBA the whole year. Clearly. 32-9 and at home, 32-9 and on the road. Dominance. All year long. They have really had to work in these first two series. Six hard-fought games against New Orleans. They get it done on the road. Now you're getting seven hard-fought games against Dallas, regardless of what happens tonight. I am very intrigued to see what a Golden State-Phoenix price will be. Right now, no shock. The Warriors minus 135 to win the West, plus 140 on Phoenix. If Phoenix wins tomorrow, I do believe Phoenix should be favored. But the fact that Golden State is odds-on, and I understand that, again, Phoenix having to win another game to get through is part of the reason that's there. I wonder if Golden State is actually a pick or a favorite in this series against Phoenix. And I don't think that's right. To me, I would bet Phoenix all the way to minus 130 to beat Golden State if that's the series. They're better. And Golden State, and and look, no disrespect to, to Denver, no disrespect to Memphis, Whoever wins this series is a different level of competition for Golden State. I would give Dallas a really good chance to pull the upset against the uh, the Warriors. But if it's Phoenix, I just have a hard time envisioning. Uh, again, if, if Golden State does the thing where they decide to play, not excuse me, not play for ten minutes at a time, they'll get walloped in those in, in against Phoenix. They'll lose that series. I do like Phoenix to win. I'm not betting this game seven, though. Six feels right. At some point, we, we're going to get a close game this year. You would think we'll go all seven games without really a tight game in that one. Eric Reed, 
longtime play-by-play guy of the Miami Heat. We'll get his perspective next, Point Spread Saturday. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Winning has never looked better. Make free hoops and soccer picks for a shot at a sweet payday with the H&M Wear That Feeling Prediction Series. Enter three pools and compete for your share of $15,000 in total cash prizes. So right now, head to DraftKings.com HM now to get in on the action. H&M to make everyone look and feel good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back in. Points Red Saturday live here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you bright and early here in Vegas. And now with us, he has been with the Miami Heat since their inception in the early 90s. He's been the play-by-play guy for over 30 years now for the Miami Heat. He is Eric Reed. Eric, uh, it is awesome to talk to you this morning. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure. The Heat actually started in uh, the 1988-89 season. We're 34 years old, not me, uh, (laughs) us as a franchise. And this is the ninth trip to the conference finals. I think something we're really proud of as a franchise since 2005. This will be eight trips to the conference finals. That's the most of any team in the NBA in that time span. Of course, uh, really, Eric, we, we actually brought this up on another show the other day. And I'm happy you, you actually started with that because since Pat Riley got to the Heat, and we for whatever reason in the, in the, in the landscape of just just national thinking, the Miami Heat are never truly thought of, of oh, this is an unbelievably great franchise that all they really do is cons- consistently win. And Eric, here we are, two out of three years now, in the in the finals in the bubble, and now back as the number one seed, and with a real chance to make their second final in three years with a with a team that let's face it, uh, seemingly gets uh, not thought of as the elite of the elite. Well, it, it's funny how the, the the respect is is there, but not there. I mean, even after eliminating Philadelphia in, in six games the other night in Philly, you know, all the talk was about the Sixers and their mm-hmm. collapse and you know, Embiid and Harden and very little about what the Heat just did to Embiid and, and Harden. And, and you know what I think has got the most un, underreported element of the series is, or, or the, the playoffs for Miami? The Heat, they're 6-0 and without their starting point guard. It, mm-hmm. it, it's become one of the most underreported elements. There. No, there. It's, it's, it, it, it's it, been it, one of the most underreported elements of, uh, of the series. Miami, uh, the next man up mentality is a very real thing. No, it's Eric. It's a it's a great point. It's a great point. Kyle Lowry, of course, is has missed six games, as you said, with that hamstring issue, and the Heat have not missed the beat. Uh, Eric, I do want to ask you this though, as we move along through this postseason now, and now that the Heat are in in the Eastern Conference Finals with either Boston or Milwaukee awaiting, of course, we know that there's been postseason history with both of those teams for Miami recently. Uh, Miami, of course, knocked out the Bucks in the bubble and the Celtics as well in back-to-back rounds. Milwaukee got the better of the Heat last year in the first round and round to a title. Just as you're looking at it, Eric, if, if, if for the winner of Game 7, who do you pre- think presents the better matchup for Miami between Milwaukee and Boston? It's hard to say. It really is. I mean, obviously, you get this deep. Everybody that's left is is a very good team. You know, I... The fact that 
each team has won twice on the other's home court. Uh, you're talking about two of the best defensive teams in the league. Uh, star power. Uh, there's not a better player in the NBA right now than Giannis. The way Jason Tatum played last night, unbelievable. He's among the elite players in the league. I don't know. I, I, I think each Miami will have home court against either one of them. Uh, it really is a moot point how, how the two, how the three teams fared against each other in the, in the regular season. That doesn't matter at all right now. So they'll both present challenges. I think the Heat is clearly preparing for both of those teams now, a chance to rest up until Tuesday, and, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, what bothers me most about Milwaukee, you've you got to deal with Giannis and the size. Them getting Brooke Lopez back late in the season is big for them. Uh, and Bobby Portis off the bench, big for them. You know, Middleton supposedly going to return for the conference finals. The question will be, what version of Chris Middleton are they going to get? For the Celtics, dealing, dealing without Robert Williams, they miss him right now. I'm not sure when he's scheduled to be back. But uh, a Game 7 uh, on the parquet floor, that, that's going to be something to behold. And from a Heat perspective, I, for me, I'm, I'm happy it's going 7. Let those teams just beat the heck out of each other and and, and emotionally deplete and physically deplete uh, both of those teams a tiny bit before the conference finals begin. Eric Reed with us right now, the play-by-play man for the Miami Heat, of course, on Valley Sports down in Miami. Uh, Eric, uh, of course, uh, Miami, the, the Heat in the finals two years ago, now, of course, with home court, regardless of who wins on Sunday in Boston. Just how, how do you compare this team to the team of two years ago? Do you think they're actually better set up to win a championship right now than they were, even though they were already in the they were in the finals in that 2020 bubble season. I, I think it's a better team. I, I do. Uh, you know. Uh, now listen. Provided they can get something out of Kyle Lowry in in the conference finals, um, but you add a Kyle Lowry and a PJ Tucker to a group that already had Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, Miami takes a backseat to nobody on the defensive end. Uh, there is a depth to this Heat roster. You know, Philadelphia, you can make the case even Philadelphia had a, had a more talented starting group. But the Heat's connectivity on both ends of the floor, um, it's a very close team. It's a team that is, you know, just totally focused on winning the whole thing. Um, it's a very connected group. It, this, this is this is a much better team than the one two years ago, and the one two years ago. What you know, everybody. For, you know, you just remember the winner, and rightfully so. But in Game One of the Finals against the Lakers, the Heat lost Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic, basically for the rest of the series. Bam came back late, but was half of himself. Uh, Dragic was unable to return, uh, and, and they still took the Lakers to six games. So, having said all that, I, I do think this is a better Heat team. Eric, uh, j- just looking at the, the again, we talked about the potential right. matchups with with Milwaukee and Boston, uh, but the one true advantage that I know we, we know Miami's going to have in this series, regardless, is that Eric Spolster is on the bench for the Heat, and he's not for the other teams. Just, uh, just we saw it in the last round too with Spo against Doc Rivers as well. Just the advantage. Just speak on the the advantage of of, of Coach Spo, who again. I, I think he's one of the 10 best coaches in the history of the league and still another guy kind of go plays in the heat narrative. Another guy that still nationally fully doesn't get the due that he deserves. Well, I think he's begun to, I mean, he was named this year, a top 15 coach in NBA history. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that, uh, infuses confidence in his players. Um, 
he's a great communicator, and and as stubborn as as most head coaches are, he's open as just a matter of fact. In the last round, my. Uh, we'll 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 effort to try to get Eric back uh, real quick there, but uh, I, I it, it just again yeah he is right on Coach Spo finally getting to do would be in the, one of the top fifteen coaches in the history of the league by the NBA they did it for the seventy fifth year anniversary, but it just it's just surprising that it took Coach Spo that long. We do have Eric Reed uh, back with us. Er- Eric, I want to I want to change the subject real quick because one thing uh, here in the final uh, two minutes that we have with you, the one thing that the Heat have done as well as anyone is defend in the final five seconds of the shot clock. And we saw again the Sixers make a few ridiculous shots at the end of Game Four to change those numbers a little bit. But in Game Six, the Heat allowed half a point of possession on possessions for the Sixers that went in the final five seconds of the shot clock. Just what makes Miami special defensively that allows them to hold opponents down like that when the clock gets late? Well, it's, it's, it's the whole possession, not just when the shot clock is, is winding down. And they force teams to go deep into the shot clock. Listen, it's a team that switches almost everything because they have a center in Bam Adebayo that can literally guard you know, one through five, and he and he does almost every night. But you know, Miami, we've seen them so so versatile in the way they're defending in, in that Philly series. You saw them uh, play, you know, switch a lot, and sometimes switch into mismatches, which hurt them early. They've used the two-three zone. They fronted Embiid, but late in the series, I think a key move that Spo made with his team, they stopped switching. They just started going over screens and staying man-to-man, and that really helped shut down the 76ers. Listen, they, they talk about it. They work on it every day. Um, that's a huge part of the Heat culture is, is on the defensive end. So you, you can't just want to be a good defensive team. You've got to work at being a good defensive team, and that is a full-time pursuit in, in South Florida. He's Eric Reed, of course, the play-by-play man for the Miami Heat on Bally Sports. Uh, on the tweets at E Reed Miami Heat as well. That's R E I D on the spelling of Reed. Eric, thank you so much for getting up early with us this morning, and uh, I-, I know you'll enjoy the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals and this whole run for the Heat. Thanks again for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you. Of course, uh, big thanks to Eric Reed uh, to uh, for being with us this morning. Again, the Heat awaiting the winner of the Celtics and the Bucks game seven tomorrow in Boston. When we come back, we still have a few more game sevens we haven't touched on here today. We'll break them down on the ice next here on Point Spread Saturday on Visa. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough 
introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VP, or excuse me, yeah, the VP VSIN Spring Special is here for only $59. You get everything we do here at VSIN through the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the biz right here at VSIN, and subscribers will have access to all of it including Adam Burke's daily article on MLB Best Bets, JVT, Jonathan Montobel, has all the best bets through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil breaking it down on the ice all the way through the raising of the cup in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we'll also have plenty of preseason coverage for the National Football League, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles for golf, UFC, UFFL, and NASCAR, and don't forget F1 either. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bet email, Every edition of Point Spread Weekly, the use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is just $59 to be a subscriber through the end of July, July 31st. VEASAN.com slash spring is where you take advantage of this big offer. Point Spread Saturday rolling along the Lombardi lines. Coming your way next, Michael Lombardi, Patrick Maher, taking you through the great slate of of the NFL schedule being known, hockey, basketball, plenty to go through on the Lombardi line coming your way in 15 minutes' time. I, I want to go back to the ice here first because 
We have three game sevens we actually haven't touched on yet in this show. The two early games tonight, I I like both home teams to get it done. I have pre-series bets on both Carolina and Toronto, so I will not be betting either of those games. Tonight in Edmonton, another team that is facing a ton of pressure. Let's face it, the Edmonton Oilers, all this talent, arguably two of the five best players in the league, not arguably on this, the best player in the league in Connor McDavid. And the Oilers have been pushed to the brink by a team that is well considered to be the least talented team in this postseason. I know the Preds ended up having a quite to say on that, but the Kings have pushed the Oilers here the seven. Edmonton won game six in L.A., so actually technically the Oilers did the pushing of the Kings here. But the Oilers are minus 210 at home, north of the border. Kings plus 180. This series has really actually been quite competitive other than the middle three. The first game and then the last two have been competitive games. The 6-0, run, not so much. But all these other games, Edmonton took a lead late, got an empty net goal to, to, to cover the puck line and win by two in game five. But this has been a pretty even series, all things considered. And I know, I know we might be oversimplifying this, but this game seven is solely going to come down to the goaltending. Because Mike Smith has had a few bad outings in this series. Same with Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick had the best performance of anyone with the shutout in game four. But this is, if you're the Oilers, especially looking looking at your, your fellow Albertan team in Calgary, really struggling with Dallas, needing seven there. If you're Edmonton, you can't blow this opportunity, especially if Dallas beats Calgary. The path is going to be there for the Oilers to finally make it a Western Conference final. And even if it's not there, they take your chances in the Battle of Alberta. Take your chances on that. I, I, I have no. I, the only bet I would look to here is again dangerous game in this series, dangerous game in this whole postseason. But I would consider betting this game under six and a half, even though it's juice minus one twenty. I would consider betting this under. I, I think we're going to see some tight teams here in this decisive game seven north of the border between Edmonton and the Kings. And again, it would be. A massive again. We I know, especially if the Leafs lose earlier tonight, all the eyeballs will be on Toronto for the amount of disappointment it would be if they don't get through this round. Disappointment is pretty large for Edmonton if they blow this series again against a a team that is clearly inferior to them in this in this uh, in this first round series. Again, the winner of this one will get the winner of Dallas and Calgary, which will be tomorrow game seven. The Stars forced it. 4-2, Dallas wins yesterday. And a series where, let's face it, I thought Calgary was well set up to have a pretty easy path to make the West Final. Calgary's now going to have to work <laughs> and go to distance here in a Game 7 against Dallas. Right now I'm seeing Calgary minus 185. There it is on your screen to win Game 7. Stars on a take back plus 165. Again, this has been one of the lower scoring series so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. See it with a five and a half with a big juice to the under here, minus 135. 
Now, Dallas's goaltender Ottinger has been the best player in this in this series. That's why we're in this situation. That's why the Flames have to go seven. It hasn't been that the Flames have not had opportunities. They haven't created. They've created. They've just run into a hot goalie this whole series. And for Calgary, a year where, again, clearly the best team in the in the Pacific, a path that is as good as you could draw up to make a Western Conference final. Now, be difficult for them when they get there, regardless of who they draw between Colorado and St. Louis. But an opportunity that if you're Calgary, you can't. This is one of these for both of the teams, both of the Canadian teams in uh, in in this round. You can't blow these opportunities. You can't blow them. And if we don't end up with a battle of Alberta here, you're ending up with at least one or maybe both of these teams with being the bigger one of the biggest disappointments of this postseason. If not the two biggest disappointments of this postseason. I know the Wild have something to say about that, and especially if the Penguins blow a 3-1 lead to the Rangers. But these two teams just blowing the opportunity potentially if they don't get it done in game seven. I do I do like Calgary to win this game, but I'm low scoring game wouldn't shock me here. Low scoring game wouldn't shock me in this one. Minus one thirty five though in a in a postseason that has gone over for the most part. This has been the only under series, basically. Yesterday went over, game three went over, and that's been it. Everything else has been under so far in this series between Calgary and Dallas. This looks more like a traditional hockey postseason series. And in the last game seven, the Rangers do it. They force game seven. They win game five and six. They win game six in Pittsburgh. A late Chris Kreider goal on a shot that Louis Domingue just whiffed on. Whiff. Complete whiff. And the Rangers have forced a game seven. All six games in this series have gone over. All six of them. Now, part of that has to do with the Smith getting hurt. Part of that has to do that there have been a lot of opportunities in this series, both sides. Rangers defense in front of Shesterkin has not been good. Rangers a pretty significant favorite, all things considered, in Game 7, minus 155. Total 6 over Juice, no shock there. Kind of surprised we haven't gotten a 6.5 in this, in this series at all. It's all been 6. I would lean to the road standing pens, though. Again, we got to monitor the status of Crosby, who missed game six. Lee Domingue, of course, we know has struggled. But that price is steep. That price is very steep on the New York Rangers at minus 155. I don't see much value in a coin flip game taking the Rangers at almost $1.60. And I would imagine the Rangers will continue to see action. So that is uh, that is tomorrow. That's the seven o'clock Eastern. That's going to be the the first of two tomorrow in the NHL. Again, three game sevens today on the ice. Four game sevens between the NBA and the NHL tomorrow. Pretty darn good sports weekend, if you ask me. See, even Patrick, even Patrick Maher, all all hyped up for these game sevens too. By the way, just going through this real quick. Hurricanes, Maple Leafs, Oilers, Penguins, Flames. Those would be the way I lean in the NHL. And then I, I don't want to see my Milwaukee Easter Conference tickets go down, but I think Boston's winning the tight one tomorrow afternoon, and Phoenix gets it done 
uh, on the uh, uh, on the hardwood tomorrow night. And I am going to be very intrigued to see what the Phoenix Suns Golden State Warriors series price is, assuming that's the matchup. I think we're going to have a chance to bet Phoenix at a ver- at a favorable number. I really do. I think we're going to have a chance at that when it's all said and done. So there we go. Great weekend ahead. Seven game sevens. Doesn't get any better than this. Hey, just only following up your casual 80 to one shot at the Derby last week. That's all we're following up. So there we go. What a, what, what a, what a tremendous weekend on hand here. The Lombardi line's coming your way next. Patrick Maher, Michael Lombardi taking you through everything. Big shouts to John Jansen and Eric Reed for joining us today here on Point Spread Saturday. Again, the Heat awaiting the winner of tomorrow's game. The Warriors awaiting the winner of the Suns and Mavs. And, of course, the Bucks and the Celtics winner gets Miami in the NBA. That's all the time we have. Big shout to the crew downstairs and upstairs here at v I'm Jeff Parles. This has been Point Spread Saturday, the Lombardi line. Patrick Meyer, Michael Lombardi, next on v Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.